Justice Gorsuch has the opinion of the Court in Case 16-1348, Courier versus Virginia. This case began when police dredged up a safe full of guns from a Virginia river. Paul Garrison, the safe's owner, had reported it stolen from his home. Mr. Garrison said his safe contained not just guns, but also about $71,000 in cash. Now, though, most of the money was missing. Eventually, the police found their way to Mr. Garrison's nephew. The nephew promptly confessed and pointed to Michael Courier as his accomplice. The grand jury indicted Mr. Courier for burglary, grand larceny, and unlawful possession of a firearm by a convicted felon. The last charge followed in light of Mr. Courier's previous felony convictions for, as it happens, burglary and larceny. Because the prosecution could introduce evidence of his prior convictions to prove the felon in possession charge, and worried this evidence might prejudice the jury's consideration of the other charges, Mr. Courier and the government agreed to a severance. They asked the court to try the burglary and larceny charges first, with the felon in possession charge to follow in a second trial. The court granted the party's joint request. The two promised trials followed. At the first, the jury acquitted on burglary and larceny charges. Then, before the second could follow on the firearms charge, Mr. Courier sought to stop it. Now he argued holding a second trial would amount to a violation of the Double Jeopardy Clause. Alternatively, and at the least, he asked the Court to forgive, forbid the government from relitigating in the second trial any issue resolved in his favor at the first. So, for example, he said, the Court should exclude from the new proceedings any evidence about the burglary and the larceny. The Court rejected these arguments and allowed the second trial to proceed unfettered. In the end, the jury convicted Mr. Courier on the felon in possession charge, and the Virginia Supreme Court affirmed the conviction on appeal. Because courts have reached conflicting results on the double jeopardy arguments pressed here, we granted certiorari to resolve them. The double jeopardy clause applied to the states through the 14th Amendment provides that no person may be tried more than once for the same offense. On first blush, that would seem to pose a problem for Mr. Courier. The felon in possession offense in the second trial is a different offense from the burglary and larceny offenses in the first trial. Still, Mr. Courier argues that he prevails under this Court's decision in Ash versus Swenson, the case from 1970. There, the government accused a defendant of robbing six poker players in a private home. At the first trial, the jury acquitted the defendant of robbing one victim. Then the state sought to try the defendant for robbing a second. This court held the second prosecution effectively amounted to the impermissible retrial of the same offense. Because the first jury necessarily found that the defendant was not one of the robbers, the court reasoned, the second jury could not rationally convict the defendant of robbing the second victim without calling into question the jury's verdict in the first trial. In this way, Ash concluded that two seemingly distinct offenses actually amounted to the same offense and therefore found the second trial unlawful under the Double Jeopardy Clause. But a critical difference immediately emerges between our case and Ash. In our case, Mr. Courier consented to a second trial. And this Court's precedents have long instructed that when the defendant consents to a second trial, the Double Jeopardy Clause will not prevent it. But that's not the end of it. Even if he consented to holding the second trial, Mr. Courier argues, that consent did not extend to the relitigation of particular issues the first jury resolved in his favor. So, Mr. Courier says, even if the court could hold the second trial, 
the Court still should have excluded evidence suggesting that he possessed the guns in Mr. Garrison's home, leaving the prosecution to prove that he possessed them only later, say, down by the river. To support this argument, Mr. Courier points to civil issue preclusion principles and invites us to import them for the first time into the criminal law through the Double Jeopardy Clause. We decline this invitation. The text of the Double Jeopardy Clause prohibits the relitigation of offenses, not issues or facts. The clause's original meaning confirms the point, and our precedents have long and often allowed the relitigation of facts or evidence in criminal cases. In Dowling versus United States, for example, this Court expressly refused to exclude evidence and issues that were otherwise admissible simply because they were relitigated in a previous case where the defendant was acquitted. That holding applies here. The clause's terms simply do not contain the rights Mr. Courier seeks. Nor are we at liberty to rewrite those terms. No one should expect or want judges to revise the Constitution to address every social ill they happen to perceive. The proper authorities, the states and Congress, are empowered to adopt new laws experimenting with issue and claim preclusion in criminal cases if they wish. In fact, some states have already done so. On these matters, the Constitution dictates no answers, but entrusts them to a self-governing people to resolve. For these reasons and others given in today's opinion, we affirm the judgment of the Virginia Supreme Court. The Chief Justice, Justice Thomas, and Justice Alito have joined Part 3 of the opinion. Justice Kennedy has filed an opinion concurring in part, joining Parts 1 and 2. Justice Ginsburg has filed a dissenting opinion in which Justice Breyer, Justice Sotomayor, and Justice Kagan have joined. 